and strangers, does that not make you a serial killer? I didn't kill him every day, did I? Did I go out there every day and say, hmm, I'm going to kill him? If I did, there would well, be hundreds. Well, it took you 12 months. Then he rings up Rex again, and that's when I looked at him and I started stopping If I had shot my own children, would I not have done a good job of it? Because, you know, first of all, women generally don't commit crimes this heinous. Right. Uh, you know, this is usually the domain of men. That's unfortunate. Hey, Gabe. <laughs> hey, Danny. How are you doing? I'm guessing a little better than you right now. Yeah, I'm doing quite shitty. Thanks for asking. <laughs> so why don't you let the listeners hear what happened, all the wonderful things? Oh, okay. So last week, my car was making a really bad sound, so I took it in. It turns out it was gravel that was in my parking brake that like spread out everywhere, and it was not too bad to fix. It was like a little over 100 and then I also got an oil change, so I put in like a little over $200 in my car last week. Wow, and that was all the issues, right? <laughs> I wish. So then I get into my car this morning, and I live in like, I'm going to say an apartment complex, and it was parked on the street. And I get into my car this morning to go and meet Gabe, and it makes a terrible sound. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. And I look under my car, and the catalytic converter has been cut right off. Um, so that's how my day is going. And my car is very old. It's, like, over 20 years old, and it has over 200,000 miles on it. So it's already, like, on the end of its life. So, like, my only option is really a new car. <laughs> well, no better time to buy a car than during a pandemic. Uh, sure. Says someone, I guess. Out yeah. There. I mean, yay, new car. Can I afford it? No. <laughs> Do I have to? Yeah. Well, the nice thing about not being able to afford it is you might as well go big, like get a Tesla. At least that you can call to you like like the Batmobile. Okay. You know my dream car? What is it? It's a Porsche. Really? Yeah. I huh. love, like the ones, I think they're um, a Porsche Cayenne and they have, they're these certain ones with a really big butt and really big tires and it's Google. so it's so cute i love it but they're like over a hundred thousand dollars wow uh, porsche cayenne mm -hmm. so even a tesla is cheaper than that yeah yeah it's a lot and they're like super expensive to maintain too so Jeez. yeah what an oddly specific car i just love the way the butt looks <laughs> whenever i'm driving and coben i see one he points it out and he's like Hey, Danny, it's a Porsche. <laughs> and it makes me so happy. I love it. But, um, yeah. I do have to correct one thing. As a big car friend of mine told me repeatedly, it, it is Porsche because the guy's name was Porsche. Okay. You know what? I don't, I'm not with those people who can afford those. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So how are you doing? Well, I, I can't really complain. You know, I have a car that does not have a, a missing catalytic converter. Cool. Although us living sort of within the same county, mm -hmm. I, I had heard of these people going from car to car looking to steal these parts. And I know uh, I currently drive a hybrid car. Oh, which, yeah. Super easy to steal from those. Yep. And they're worth a little more because they tend to have more rare earth metals, metals. in them. Yeah. So I, I've been especially cautious and wary of like parking places that's smart i was stupid i could have parked in like our designated spot that's safer but i was like you know what i'm gonna be gone tonight 
I'll let tra- my brother park there. I'll be nice. See, never be nice. I know. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Especially true to like girls in uncomfortable situations. Just oh, don't yeah. be nice. No, no, no. Just, Let's just, look. just. You're denying them the chance to build a character. Mm hmm. Really, is what you're doing. Yeah, it's like I just let them steal my catalytic converter because that's <laughs> nice. There you go. Ugh. Anyways, well, I'm excited to record because I like it and I've had a shitty day, but this case makes me happy. Yeah, yeah, you, you've sort of teased me on it for a little while. I, I'm curious to hear. I am. <laughs> I've been talking about it nonstop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> without giving away any information. All right, you ready? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm drinking water. Regular old water. Mm-hmm. That's all we need after today. Okay. So today I'm going to be talking about Stacy Castor. She... Have you ever heard of her? No. Cool last name, though. Yeah. So she was born in New York. This whole thing takes place in New York State. In 1967 to Judy and Jerry. I just included their names because of the double J. So she was an only child, and there's, like, no information on her childhood otherwise, other than it was completely normal. There was no issues. She had a good, good childhood. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, this case was, like, super famous, so if she had anything come up in her childhood, it would have come up in either the trial or people, like, looking more into it. Like, her friends have talked about her and her childhood, like... Something would have come up, you know? But yeah, yeah. allegedly, I guess, because we don't really know. Right. So we're going to uh, flash forward. Yeah. So I used to actually say flash forward. And then a friend, when I was a kid and a friend of mine made fun of me, and he was like, it's fast forward. <laughs> but I, I've, I've heard it used interchangeably <laughs> my whole life. So I don't know anymore. Let, let's go with like fast forward. Okay, we're going to okay. fast forward to when she's 17 and she's out with her friends. I read allegedly in a bar, and she met a man named Michael Wallace, who was 23 at the time. So that's six years difference? 17 and 23? Yes. So they immediately had chemistry, and they ended up getting together, and they got married three years later. That same year that they got married, they had a kid, and her name was Ashley. The way the timeline set up, it looks like she probably got married because she got pregnant. We can't know that for a fact because she never said it, but it looks like it. A Catholic marriage. Very popular in Mexico and parts of Ireland. Okay, I was going to say we should probably remove that, but that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, it's like where people get married and a kid is born like eight months mm-hmm. after, after the wedding. Premature. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, look at all these preemie babies. Yeah, so three years after Ashley was born, they had a second daughter named Bree. And Stacy, at this time, she worked as an ambulance dispatcher, and then Michael worked as a mechanic. So they didn't make much money. They, like, got by, but they didn't really excel, and they always worried about money. And this led to a lot of stress in the relationship on top of Michael working evenings and she worked mornings, so they had a whole different timeline. So 
my on top of that all michael kind of bonded more with brie than ashley and I, I think that's normal for like one parent to kind of just like naturally get along with another with a kid more than another you know yeah yeah especially at a young age so stacy didn't like that she didn't think it was fair so she made sure to always give more attention to ashley and like kind of try to spread it out you know so Stacy tried to give Ashley more attention to even it out, and that kind of guessing, it kind of seems like it led to a little bit of resentment that she had to do that, but it also got her really close to Ashley, and Ashley would later describe it as, like, they were best friends, she always thought she could go to her mom with anything, that kind of thing. And then in the late 1999, so 11 years after they got married, and 14 years after her and Michael like had met and got together. I can math. That's right. Because <laughs> they got married in 1988. So 1989 is 11 years later. Yeah. Okay. So 11 years after being married, Michael, during the holiday season, began to feel sick. And his whole family noticed it. And he was like really weird and sluggish. He almost seemed drunk. But he kept saying he wasn't drunk, and then they noticed he started to get really, like, bloated. But it was the holiday season, and he was like, I'm just gonna wait. I don't want to go to the doctor right now. I'm fine. And so he did wait. And one day in early 2000, he was home alone with his daughter, Ashley. And he was on the couch, and he just laid down and never woke up. Ashley later came out and she was like, I sh she was only 11, and she was like, I should have called the police or something because he earlier in the day he had thrown up all over the dining table and like I should have known something was wrong. But he had been kind of sick for so long that it was like, you know. He was of, used to it. Yeah, and she was so young. He was later declared to be dead by natural causes. I feel like I worded that weird. He was pronounced dead by natural causes? Yeah. Dead due to natural causes? Sure. They that said does it, sound weird now, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> they said it was a heart attack, and they said it was yeah. normal. He was only 38 at the time, and he was healthy, so his sister was like, no, I think we should do an autopsy just because it's, it's, like, really weird, and I want to know for sure, because the doctors are like, we can only make a guess just based on what it looks like. Yeah. But Stacy, the wife, was like, no, I don't want to, like do an autopsy i want to trust the professionals like there's nothing weird about this he had been sick for a while i wasn't aware those who performed autopsies weren't professional <laughs> well like the doctor's original prognosis you know yeah but yeah no seriously but he he died it was declared just natural causes and then stacy received all the insurance money in the house and all that good stuff it was about fifty-five thousand dollars, and then the house and all their stuff Wow, that's not that much. Mm hmm So then, three years later, in 2003, Stacy met a man named David Castor. Hence the last name, because she marries him. Yeah. Spoiler. Anyways. <laughs> so, David was divorced, and he had an older son who had moved away, and Stacy had her two daughters, who were still pretty young at the time. So they moved in together and david kind of tried to immediately be like the father figure and told them like to do stuff and all their chores and whatnot 
and Ashley didn't like this. She was like, you're not my dad. You're not a replacement for him. Don't try to be. And so they butted heads a lot. And in 2005, around August, David, so fast forward. Yeah, fast forward two years. <laughs> They've been married for a while. In 2005 of August, David wants to plan like a special anniversary going away thing to go together. And Stacy's like, I can't leave Bree alone, our daughter. And David's like, you let these kids rule your life. Like, you need to take time for us. You don't ever do any of this. And so he got, like, super upset. And this was, like, on a Sunday. And he goes and he, like, slams himself in his room with a bottle of, what's it called? Like, Southern Comfort. Have you ever heard of that? No. It's, like, a whiskey, I think supposed to be cinnamony maybe we should have featured that on this episode <laughs> <laughs> so stacy says he was in there like all of sunday and she kind of tried to stay out of the way to let him cool off and then she on sunday night she put her head against the door to listen and she heard him snoring so she's like oh he's fine and she went to bed and then she got up in the morning and went to work on monday so then monday around 2 p.m david's still not at work and it was a heating and air conditioning company that he actually owned and she worked with it so it was like a family thing and she's kind of worried by now because he should have shown up and she's been calling him all day and he she can't get a hold of him so she calls the police and is like hey like i need you to do a welfare check he's been kind of depressed lately his father died and the business isn't doing too hot and oh by the way he has a gun in the room too (laughs) So the police come and they're like, of course, a little wary because he has a gun and they go into the room where he had locked himself and they immediately notice him on the bed. There's like throw up everywhere. He's dead. And there's a glass of like a green liquid on the side table, as well as an empty glass of what had been cranberry juice and on the floor by the side of the bed is an empty carton of antifreeze. Oh. Which which would be abundant in his line of work. I didn't even think of that. Is it? Yeah, I think antifreeze is used in, in those sorts of HVAC systems. Interesting. Well, Stacy casually mentions that they had been watching a documentary on Lynn Turner, who I've actually researched a lot just out of my own interest and she was like a previous woman who was labeled as a black widow and she had killed her husband for insurance money and then later her they hadn't married yet but her i guess boyfriend who she had made sign sign her as beneficiary for the money and she was like oh we watched a documentary on this woman and david was like super weirdly interested in it and who was really interested in how she murdered people with antifreeze. And she's like, maybe he got the idea to do it from that. (laughs) And it's like, what? If you're going to commit suicide, like, why use... It's like a painful death. Why would you... I don't know. But the detective immediately was like, this is kind of weird. Like, I don't know. She... He just got, like, a really weird feeling about it. And... The police also found some weird evidence. So in the kitchen trash can, there was 
a turkey baster, you know, like that hollow tube used to like squirt stuff on turkeys, I think. Yeah. Um, so they found a turkey baster in the kitchen trash that had antifreeze in it and then David's DNA on the tip. So if he had been locked in his room all of Sunday, like why, why would he use a turkey baster to feed himself? And what, how would it have gotten to the kitchen trash? It's weird, right? Yeah. And another weird thing was the cup that David had the antifreeze in had Stacy's fingerprints on it. That's what she said. She said she must have handed him the cup at some point and he was probably reusing it. But also the antifreeze bottle on the floor had no fingerprints or DNA on it, which is weird because like if he was going to pour himself a glass for suicide, like why would he wipe it? It doesn't. But like this is all kind of circumstantial because there's no like there was no none of her DNA on the turkey baster or fingerprints and then like they did live in the house together so like she could have handled the glass right so it was ultimately ruled a suicide but the detective was like I can't stop thinking about this case so he kept like looking into it and <laughs> so Stacy had these her both of her husbands she had them buried next to each other in the cemetery in like a family plot she had and the detectives put up monitoring like on the graves to see if she would come and visit because like she was a grieving wife and these were both her ex-husbands well no not ex ex isn't the right word like widow i don't know her dead husbands yeah (laughs) (laughs) so they set up these monitoring things and she doesn't go visit them once ever and two years after David's death, they finally convinced a judge to let them dig up Michael's body, just like exhume it just for an autopsy. And the toxicology reports as well as the autopsy show that Michael was poisoned with antifreeze. So this is shown because the livers and like the kidney get these very specific crystals on them from ethylene glycol and when they questioned Stacy if she knew what ethylene glycol was, she's like, oh, it's the main ingredient in antifreeze. And they're like, why would you know that? And she's like, oh, I don't know, I just do. And then they're like, okay, which cup did you pour cranberry juice in? Because she said she had poured him a cup of the cranberry juice. And she goes, oh, I poured the cup of anti, no, cranberry juice. Like she had a slip of the tongue. Yeah. So after that, she's immediately, they're like, why'd you say antifreeze? And she's like, I need a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and she leaves and she calls her daughter, Ashley, and she's like, I need you to come over. It has been a long day. So Ashley comes over and Stacy's like, I think Ashley at this point was 20. And she's like, I think we should like make a drink. I know you're young, but you're close enough to 21 let's just drink together and try to relax so ashley comes over and stacy makes her drink and then ashley ends up throwing up and then going to bed and being super hungover the next day but going back to college and the next day stacy calls ashley again and she's like hey i think you should come over and have another drink with me i had a good time last night uh, you're almost 21, like we should celebrate. 
just try to like get past everything that's going on. And Ashley, who was really close to her mom at this time, is like, yeah, I need, I need to like be there for you, so I'm gonna go. And so she goes over and Stacy makes her a drink and Ashley says it was like the grossest tasting drink she's ever had. But she drinks it anyways because she didn't want to offend her mom. And 17 hours later, a 911 call is made by Stacy saying her daughter had been throwing up and passed out and now she's passed out and sounds like she's choking. It turns out Bree had found Ashley passed out in the bedroom and had made Stacy call 911. And so Bree found Ashley, went and got her mom, and then they were like in the room together and then Bree left for like a minute, I can't remember, I think to get the phone or something, and she comes back in and she notices there's a note that she hadn't noticed before wow. <laughs> next to Ashley. And so Stacy immediately grabs the note from Brie, but she had almost made sure Brie found it, not her. And in the note, it's this like long, I read it, it's this like long typed out thing. It, grammar's terrible and it referred to antifreeze as antifree. And it was pretty much Ashley saying that she had killed Michael her dad at age 11 and then she had killed David as well because she didn't like him and now like the police were gonna find out and she didn't want her mom to like hate her and she was sorry and she loved her mom and she had to do this she had to commit suicide and she was really sorry and she hopes her mom can forgive her and all this stuff and the weird thing is it was it was like straight up typed like, who types a suicide note and commits suicide? I don't know. So, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, they come, they pick Ashley up, take her to the hospital, and she, like, miraculously survives. Like, miraculously. The doctor said if she had come, like, even a few minutes later, she would have been dead because it was so bad. So, Stacy had crushed up a ton of pain pills and mixed it with antifreeze and Sprite and alcohol <laughs> and gave it to <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> What? And I know we're laughing, but it's terrible. What should we call that mixed drink? Oh, gosh. Disgusting. I don't the know. The New York Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, so Ashley, like, wakes up in the hospital, and the police are like, so this confession we have from you, it's pretty wild. And she's like, what confession? What happened? And they're like, well, you tried to commit suicide after saying confessing to killing your stepfather and your father and she's like i have no idea what you're talking about the last thing i remember is having a drink with my mom and they're like oh my goodness and they immediately go and arrest stacy and formally charge her with the murder of david castor and it gets even more wild <laughs> okay so in the trial two friends come out and testify that she had asked them to be witnesses to change David's will before he died, and she forged his will to exclude his son and ex-wife so that she received everything. And 
The ex-wife had been huge previously on coming out and being like, David would never commit suicide. He like was sad about his father's death, but and she had been in his life. And she was like, but I knew him and he was moving on and the business wasn't doing that bad. Like he knew they'd come back. And anyway, she was very surprised when she didn't receive anything in the will. So that's why. And the suicide note had been written on the computer and the police were able to see it had been written during hours that Ashley was at school and also it had been written on Stacy's login not you know how like computers have little like logins for families yeah, yeah. It had been written on Stacy's not Ashley's so the trial <laughs> lasted four weeks and she was ultimately sentenced to the maximum of 25 years to life for the murder of David another 25 years for attempting to kill Ashley, and then for forging David's will, he ordered Castor to serve an additional one and a half to four years in prison. So that comes out to like 50, almost 52 years. And I'm assuming while she was in prison, they were trying to charge her for Michael's, the first husband's death as well, but they just had more evidence with David at the time. Right. But... In 2016, she was found dead in her cell, and it was ultimately ruled natural causes a heart attack, mm. which I thought was weird. But like, she was in prison; there wasn't really anything that could have caused. Like, it, it actually looks like it was just a heart attack. At that age, though, that's quite young. She was 50. Well, 49. Yeah, yeah, that's that's very young. Anyway, you look at it. It is, yeah, but I mean, she probably, she probably had a lot of stress. I don't know. I don't know if people like that feel stress. That's just the same she way. She was like a straight up sociopath, yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's it. Yeah, it is wild. Yeah, no, that that's an intense <laughs> one. I can't believe she would. Tr I mean, I, it shouldn't be surprising because no empathy and a sociopaths, we're just like furniture to be moved and placed wherever needed. Mm -hmm. But to try to kill your own kid, so many parents d describe or, or state that they would rather like die or be tortured than ever have that happen to their own child. And here you have Stacy. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, her mom still thinks she's innocent. How? She says that her daughter could not have committed these murders and she thinks Ashley did it. Why? I don't... Because... <laughs> she, She's Stacy's mom. I don't know. Stacy's mom has got it. Isn't that? Yeah. Anyway, she's, she's got it going on. <laughs> um, so maybe she does. We don't know. Yeah. Seriously. If got it going on is code for insanity. Mm hmm. I don't Because so what? She thinks her granddaughter did it when she, with her first kill being at 11. I guess so. She's never come out and been like, JK, I do think my daughter did it. The only statement she released that I could find was. There's no way my daughter could have done this. I think Ashley did it. I would love to have a chat with her and try to, to dissect why she believes that. Yeah. Oh, so after, um, what's her name? Stacy was sentenced. Her daughters, Ashley and Bree, never visited her again or saw her. So she died without ever seeing them again. Probably for the best. Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow, that's crazy that Ashley managed to survive that, though. That's a pretty... Lucky. Yeah. Like, yeah. free saved her life, for sure. Yeah, antifreeze, poisoning, 
as you said, with sort of the crystallized, mm-hmm. the, the crystal fragments in your liver. Yeah. That's that's a painful way to go. It's super painful, yeah. Do you want to hear something else wild? Yes. And so her dad was hospitalized in 2002. So this was like right after Michael, her first husband, had died, but before she met David. Mm-hmm. And he'd been hospitalized for some kind of lung issue, guessing it would be pneumonia just because of how common it is. And he was expected to be released the next day. He had been in the hospital for a couple of weeks, but Stacy went and visited him for the first time in those few weeks, the day before he was supposed to be released. Oh my God, I'm making this confusing. Does that make sense? Well, she went there to visit him for the first time right before he was being released. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And he had a friend who was there while she came and visited, and she had a can of open soda and gave it to him. I was like, hey... I brought you a soda and he drank it and the next day he mysteriously died what uh-huh but stacy took charge because the ever caring daughter and she was like i got this and yeah. she took care of all the like funeral arrangements and everything and she had him cremated danny the real mystery here is how did ashley pull that one off <laughs> <laughs> well i mean his death was ruled just natural how how can you be in a hospital getting poisoned and, and doctors look at you, you know, getting tre- treated for pneumonia? So I actually asked my insider at a hospital <laughs> and he said that in order to do an autopsy, it like has to be asked by the family. Like the, unless it's crazy circumstances they they're way too busy and they just like don't have enough resources to do an autopsy on anything like this so if he had been there this had happened they would just rule it an accidental and if the family wanted to go further they could but 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 surely the way you die of antifreeze poisoning is different than the way you would die of pneumonia like but not a heart attack uh, yeah and he was older so. Yeah. The other two, though, like being ruled ruled death by natural causes. And suicide, yeah. Yeah, and suicide. But that one, I'm glad the detectives there followed their gut. Because, and, and these are all generalities, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, uh, men tend to commit suicide via shooting or hanging. So it's quite unusual that a guy with a gun would not have just shot himself. Yeah. Women tend to actually use poisons far more often, which is why they have more unsuccessful suicide attempts because with poisons it's a little more hit or miss with a hanging or a gunshot or you know or a gun it's it's usually over mm-hmm. it, it's this fascinating sort of difference you see where men as a whole attempt suicide less often but are far more successful so they commit more suicide than women but women attempt it far more but are less successful i definitely do poison yeah it's I don't know. No, why. I don't think I could do poison. Really? Okay, no. I would get drunk, super drunk, somewhere really cold, and just go outside, like, barely dressed, and just die of hypothermia. There's actually cases of that happening in or Inuit communities. Really? Yeah. My, my dad was telling me about them, how in certain situations, I forget what sort of would cause these people to want to take their own lives, but that was one of the ways that was most common is you would just strip down to the to like bare essentials and go mm-hmm. walking into the 
snowstorms. Yeah. While drunk. Freeze. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dark. That's uh, sad. Yeah. I was mostly kidding, but that's really sad. <laughs> yeah, no, that that is a... Uh, yeah. Maybe, well, maybe you were Inuit in a past life. Ooh, maybe. Yeah, look at the... Ooh, time for some genetic testing. <laughs> that's how that works, right? Yeah, it can do past <laughs> lives, too. Yeah. Oh, man. But, yeah, those detectives, uh, I'm sure... Yeah, they found it a bit strange. Also, like, whenever a married person gets killed, it and and I, I wish I would have had the exact stats for this, but it, oh, you it's know, like it's, always the spouse. It's almost always yeah. The, like it's 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 so much more likely to be the spouse than anyone else, mm-hmm. even themselves. Mm-hmm. That those detectives, I think, followed did the right thing, obviously, but you know they followed their gut. They said this looks a bit weird. <laughs> Things here don't quite add up, even even after it was ruled. A, a suicide mm-hmm. they, they, yeah. they knew it, it didn't look right yeah oh so in the plot of land where they were buried yeah she also had her father buried there between her husbands huh <laughs> so it was more like a trophy collection <laughs> right really, than, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, she probably would have put ashley there if she'd been successful oh for sure that's a weird lady really weird also really strange because she had her first kill 14 years after marrying her first husband right yeah so super late so she would have been 32 because she was 17 when she got married she was 20 when she got married 17 when she met him got it so she would have been yeah in her in her mid 30s basically yeah those always fascinate me a bit too where like like the soap maker Mm -hmm. where people who start later in life but I feel like she had more of a, like, a reason, like, she thought she was protecting her son. And this one was just, like, right. crazy. Yeah. And by all accounts, had a pretty normal childhood. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's an odd one. That is, yeah. <laughs> Some people are just born that way, I suppose. I mean, I think she must have been. Like, I wonder if she always knew something was different about her. Like, felt different and kind of had to learn how to blend in because nobody really talked badly of her or anything so she blended in really well you see this in women who have autism where women due to a combination of societal pressures being obviously being told from a very young age to behave a certain way and and possibly some innate like higher level of empathy or something along those lines autism tends to be harder to detect in women than in men and and i I do wonder i think i would be like travis if i didn't grow up as a girl right yeah he is awkward (laughs) (laughs) for for those listening travis is her brother so i can talk bad about him don't worry (laughs) but but danny and travis are are very similar in many ways but danny has the ability to blend in uh, more effectively than, than Travis does. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I can somewhat hold a conversation. Yeah. Travis is like talking to a, I don't even know, <laughs> freaking wall that like just spews out yeah. words, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. no, that's probably true. It has something about her being a woman. Yeah. I mean, because there is no doubt that pressure put on mm-hmm. young girls. I mean, always, right? Like to behave and to do yeah, certain things definitely and i i do wonder yeah like maybe that was always there and she just she was able to sort of play the role of the non-psychopath for a while 
And at a certain point, she wanted out of a marriage. She wanted money. When jail was a potential option for her, prison, mm-hmm. she would have rather sacrificed her kid. Yeah. I don't think, like, I think for the first one with Michael, money was the motivator. Like, she wasn't that happy in the marriage, and they did struggle, and she would have gotten everything if he died versus only half of everything. Right. And also the insurance money. But I think after that, it had more to do with her enjoying it. Because, like, with her father, she didn't get much. She got, like, a little bit. I don't know how much for sure, but not enough to be mentioned. And with David, she did get, like, a nicer house and the business and all that. But, like, I just don't feel like it was financially motivated. No. And there there must be something about that power over others that is really intoxicating to people like Kathy. Yeah, Stacy. Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm horrible Although, with names. I mean, to be honest, this case reminded me a lot of Catherine Knight, just <laughs> with like, I don't know, the whole sociopathic tendency kind of thing. Oh, she, yeah. She was the one who tried to feed her boyfriend's remains to his children. Yep. Mm-hmm. Which was a first. I'd honestly never heard of someone trying to do that. Yeah. So, Kathy, breaking ground, breaking that glass ceiling. Look at that. <laughs> She's like, oh, you think men are the only evil ones around here? Nah. Mm-mm. I'm going to feed this dude to his kids. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how messed up we can go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So, this one's not as gruesome, but it's, like, yeah. similar in the people. Like, yeah. I, like, I could, she tried to kill her own daughter. Yeah, that's. I would, I don't know, because I've read, I mean, I've mentioned him before, Richard Kuklinski, because he's probably like one of my favorite serial killers. Mm-hmm. He, he's, he was a mafia hitman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What was so cool about him in terms of like how his story came out was the book written on him, what, wait, I wish I had the title, title on me, but it was written sort of like co-authored by him. Like the guy it went, it went into prison and interviewed him mm-hmm. and he painted his family as possessions he loved them in a way but he loved them the way one might love like their favorite car, car you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> sorry sorry to rub salt on that wound i know it's all right <laughs> but yeah like they were just things that belonged to him that he loved and he would hit his wife and but not his kids but he would yell at them but it was this weird thing where like he he would never i think kill them because they were like, no, these are like my things that I own. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't destroy these. Yeah, like I wouldn't steal my own catalytic converter. Right. Yeah. Unless you, I don't know why you would do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's worth more than my car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense in a way. But with her. Right, that's why it's so. Yeah, like, I mean, maybe with her she saw them as like possessions that she could use and she was like this is how i can get out of the situation yeah. is by using my daughter yeah i just can't believe she tried she almost got away with it yeah because <laughs> i mean i don't know what the police would have done if ashley had died Be- they had this no i guess they did have the inconsistencies right who knows how about that suicide note, though? Mm-hmm. Talk about, like, 
doing the homework at the last minute. <laughs> just oh. like using your own login. Oh, I, yeah. And I also then, yeah. didn't even mention. So I mentioned how it was like spelled anti-free in the yeah. letter. She called anti-freeze anti-free. Like that's oh, how she pronounced it. But nobody else in the family did. Like nobody else did. So that was weird. Could have been hereditary. What do you mean? Like Ashley could have totally pronounced it that way because but that's she didn't. No, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so she typed this up, right? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming she used Microsoft Word. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Microsoft Word, sponsor us. I don't even use it; it costs money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was able to get it for free on one of my computers because I used my my former university login, uh-huh. and it's free for students. Shut up! Is it really? Yeah. If if you still have your password to your like city college or university uh-huh. stuff I, I yeah might, might be able to get it damn okay but uh <laughs> more importantly <laughs> these word processors whatever you use they have spell check like, why was it riddled with spelling mistakes so many i was reading i was like this is like it was written by like a young person which is weird too because she worked as an office manager in this hvac company so like yeah. she has to be literate i don't it was yeah. really weird Maybe she was trying to sound like Ash. I don't know. Like a young person. <laughs> this is how young people talk. Maybe she wrote yeet a couple times. <laughs> These youths. <laughs> so I yeeted some antifreeze into his beverage. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the anti-free thing. I have trouble with words. Like, I don't know. Maybe what that's if she just was just how... communist? Yeah. Maybe that's just how she's like, I hate it. freedom. <laughs> or she loved freedom. She was going after and doing her own thing. There you go. Right? Doing things wrong. <laughs> I don't know, but she's clearly not as smart as she thought she was. No, and uh, as one of my former professors was the um, police chief to uh, a county that neighbors us, mm-hmm. and he, he had a kind of a motto. It was, we don't catch the smart ones, <laughs> which is kind of eerie to think about. There could be people like Stacy out there who are just as bad, but clever. Yeah, well. And they pull these kinds of things off. My favorite serial killer, the one that actually got me into true crime, was named Israel Keys. Have you ever heard of him? No, no. So, long story short, he would ha- travel for his job, and he would put these kill kits wherever he traveled, and it'd be these buckets filled with like different things. Some of them had guns, some had knives, some had like rope, like all different, and. So he would travel there for work, leave the kill kits, and then come back later when he wasn't supposed to be there for work and, like, choose different people at random. Some people he waited at the end of trailheads, and, like, if somebody came along alone, he would pop out with a gun or rope or whatever and just grab them and kill them. And other ones, he, he, the one he got caught, he actually took her out of this little coffee stand like this one man coffee stand he abducted her straight out and they think he killed hundreds of people and he just like got sloppy and because he had no mo whatsoever it was crazy it's a really interesting one yeah it's i remember learning about that it's very challenging to find people who kill at random Mm -hmm. because usually there's yeah there's some kind of mo some kind of trends you know they prefer kill you know women who look like this or people who live in this area but if you're just going around at random it's so hard to nail down a pattern yeah i gotta read about this guy he's really interesting i heard about him on the 
podcast crime junkie i really recommend that episode it was Thanks. actually what got me interested in true crime i was listening to it on a drive and i was like what is this and i clicked it and here i am now obsessed <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so yeah shout out to crime junkies mm-hmm. you made danny one. into a junkie you Whatever. did i really <laughs> she's a problem kobe hates it <laughs> <laughs> but it is interesting learning about these people who like i mean must have no empathy whatsoever so yeah that is stacy caster i was hoping she killed would cast people yeah you know, <laughs> <laughs> like her name would tie into it no like a villain like a super villain mm-hmm. we'll have to find somebody who does that yeah well, what was the woman who married a bunch of dudes with the same name oh that was funny yeah she had like two like davids or something yeah who was that hold on shoot we, we just can't keep track of our of our murderers anymore <laughs> not with like random names yeah oh it was it was Catherine knight oh right okay yeah because she weren't there two knights in that story as well there was there's was also the paper bag folder lady right. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a whole name thing that one classic that a, yeah purely by chance all right well i do not have a murder history for us this week that's okay this is a this is a pretty long episode mm-hmm. a good episode that mm-hmm. was a pretty cool story yeah it was she, so yeah i think the um lesson of the story is don't trust anybody including your family yeah no actually yeah you are more likely to be killed by your family than a stranger mm-hmm. she was 20 so she knew her mom pretty well and did not see it coming yeah that's why i always bring my own beverages to my family dinners <laughs> and my own food <laughs> Oh, good. You ain't going to get me. <laughs> it's totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since my, my job now, my corporate job, offers life insurance. I'm like, no. <laughs> You're not getting this without a fight. <laughs> you got to work for it. <laughs> if you want to murder me, you got to try real hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, everybody, I think that's a challenge, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's why the beneficiary is myself. <laughs> Gabe, I think we should have a talk, <laughs> and I should be your beneficiary. I just want, I just want the money, uh, printed out in dollar, in singles, and buried with me. <laughs> and I want to be buried like in an unmarked grave, like a treasure hunt. You know, like mm-hmm. make people work for it. Like, oh, you gotta find Gabe's treasure. But they gotta take it from your cold hands. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just be in a bag. Oh my, my hands wrapped around it. I have to pry it. Oh yeah. my gosh. How will you leave hints, clues? Ooh, probably some kind of, probably some like really abstract riddles that like in no way actually lead to the treasure. Just send people off on like wild abuse chases. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you better get that ready before you just happen to die. Yeah. I'll start putting some thought into it. Okay. Sounds good. Cool. Then I think that's it for today's episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I hope Gabe will be here next week. 